Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, October 11, 2022. Stand up for your country. So who are these people? Who are these people who have the races so close in states like Arizona and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania? It is clear there are no two sides to the story that President Biden's administration is failing. It's okay. You know, look, if you want to believe that uh, there are Martians that come down and uh, go to the local bar, okay, you're free to believe that. But it's not up for debate. So unless you can produce the Martian and the American Express card that he or she holds. So this is ridiculous. Yet millions and millions of Americans will continue to vote for progressives. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. How much economic pain do we have to suffer? So I don't even look at my statements when they come in, my financial statements, because I know they're going to be down significantly. Now, I believe they will come back, but it's not going to be that quickly. And in the meantime, that I and you and every other American are paying a lot more for stuff that we need, including food and fuel. And it's all because of Joe Biden and his progressive team. So, again, it's not debatable. There's not, no, it's not. It's Putin's fault. It's just foolish. It's ridiculous. Okay, that's like a five-year-old jumping up and down saying, I can eat three gallons of ice cream and it's not going to hurt me. You just put away those childish things. Yet, you look at the numbers and they're fairly uh, disturbing, in my opinion. See, when Obama was president, there was a debate. You know, yeah, I saw it uh, one way, some things, and I saw it the Others did, and it was a debate and the strengths and weaknesses. And we knew he wanted redistribution of the American income. We knew that. It was cl- you know, clear. But there was debate about how effective that might be and how it would be done. He was deporting foreign nationals at a record rate, Barack Obama. Never heard that, but he was. Now everybody comes. 
because Biden is so incompetent, he can't run the border and doesn't want to. So these are things that I, I wanted to give you some perspective. There are two groups of people voting progressive Biden left. Two. And I'm generalizing now, but this is the bulk. The first one are Americans who feel they are victims. And they are legion. Okay, so uh, they feel that history deprived them of what others have. They feel their rights as a female are under assault because of the abortion ruling. They feel the system is unfair in a variety of ways. Uh, they feel they have a right to commit crimes because they don't have much, so they can take it forcibly from other people. These are victims. Now, victims vote left because the left sympathizes with the victims and gives them entitlements. So there's no work requirement. It's not like you get 40,000 a year from the Fed sent to you and you have to look for a job. No, none of that. It's not like you get drug tested. So if you're a drug addict and spending all the entitlement money, my tax money, your money on narcotics, government doesn't do that. Just give it to you. Now, conservative people, Republican people say that's insane. You're enabling people not to work. You're enabling addiction and substance abuse, which is true, in my opinion. So the victimization crowd votes left. Okay, the second group are the hardcore traditional leftists. Many in the media are in that among that so they have been raised the moment they're born for to support liberal tenets. So I went to school in Massachusetts, as many of you know. I went to Boston University. I graduated. I have a degree from Harvard. Uh, I worked local news in Boston. I know the town as well as anybody. In fact, many in Boston believe I'm from there. O'Reilly, you know, Irish. And the mentality in Boston is... We have always been Democrats, and that's Massachusetts. Boston controls Massachusetts. Always. We are liberal people. We sympathize with the downtrodden. We were the first abolitionists who uh, objected to slavery. Our tradition is we are liberal. And that is what drives that crew in Boston. That's why uh, Elizabeth Warren is a senator there, John Kerry. So it doesn't matter about performance. That matters not in Massachusetts and Boston. Doesn't matter how you perform. It matters what you say. So again, we'll recap. Two groups drive the progressive Democrat vote. The victims and the hardcore left raised from infancy into that mentality. And many, many people in show business and in television news are raised from the time they are small to believe in liberal tenets. That is the memo. Okay, prison schedule, all virtual today at a meeting to discuss Ukraine. They're going to un unwavering commitment. Then another meeting to discuss fire prevention. Then another meeting to help out a woman named Lisa Blunt, a Democrat running for Congress outside of Rochester. Okay, 
no heavy lift there. He just set up the little Zoom thing and, and he goes. Um, Putin now shelling and sending missiles into uh, Ukraine because they blew up the bridge to Crimea. The Ukrainians did, and now he's killing civilians. Doesn't, you know, Putin doesn't care. And tomorrow we will have a uh, clip of my interview with Secretary Mike Pompeo, which is some interview, I'll tell you that. And we'll tell you more about it tomorrow. Anyway, the death toll is more than 100 people injured by these missiles, uh, more than 20 dead, including children. And Putin, Putin doesn't care. You think Putin cares? He doesn't care. That's what worries me. I think he might be mentally unbalanced now. I mean, he was never... Everybody I talked to said he was ruthless, a dictator, but he was in the real world. Now he may have departed from that. And that's what I'm going to talk to Secretary Pompeo about. Okay, let's go to the midterm vote four weeks from today. Real clear politics average as uh, the Republicans uh, ahead in 220 House races. Democrats 180. Toss up 35, and Real Clear believes that most of those will go to Republicans. Senate, Republicans up in 47, Democrats 46, toss up seven. So the Senate could go, I hate to use this cliche, I really despise it, but could go either way, anything could happen because the candidates themselves, some of them like Herschel Walker, so volatile. You just can't put a pin in it on the board and go boom. Um, but the House, you can. The House is going to be Republican. That's goodbye to Nancy Pelosi. Boy, see you later. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. So let's bring in from Washington to see Ashley Davis. Uh, she uh, used to work for Bush the Younger. She is the vice chair for Winning for Women, Republican, obviously. She wants 
women to uh, participate more in the electoral process and we'll help them out. So, uh, Ms. Davis, we asked you to analyze a few races that are very tight in the Senate, Pennsylvania being the first one. How do you see it? If the election was held today, I definitely think that Dr. Oz would probably pull it out. I think the dynamic there would be that it, how much does Doug Mastriano, who's the governor's candidate, pull him down? But this, the direction of the campaign is definitely going in Oz's direction. So I would and put why, that in the Republican win column. Why do you say that? Why do you say Oz has momentum? Well, his, his crime message, as well as the economy and the inflation, I mean, I think the country in general is starting to um, really have a problem with how much their gas is costing, how much their hamburgers are costing, how much, you know, the interest rates are going up. And I think that people realize that their life is not anything better. And so if okay. you talk so about- it's not, it's not anything he's doing. It's a national trend that things are bad everywhere, which they are that might help uh, Oz uh, defeat uh, Fetterman, 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 right? Fetterman. Uh, the guy's also, Fetterman's a really bad candidate for Yeah, I mean, he scares me. I can't even say his name. He's got tattoos all, you know, I mean, what do we have? Motorcycles in Harrisburg now? Is that, I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, but I'm anyway, a Pittsburgh girl. And, you know, someone working for Bernie Sanders um, is not something that Pennsylvania votes for. No, but... You know, the Philadelphia Democratic machine, that means almost everything in Pennsylvania. And I don't know where they are on uh, on this race. So let's go to Nevada. I, I have predicted that Laxalt, a Republican candidate, will win. How do you see it? Same. I think that he's trending in the right direction. I think that, you know, Senator Cortez Mastos has always been a weak candidate. I definitely think the NRSC is... Um, probably more surprised than anything that the candidate's doing so well this far out, but I think he pulls it off. Now, I don't know what the NRSD is. Tell me what that is. Oh, sorry. The National Republican Senatorial Committee. I mean, I think that some of these other races that we thought we were going to be playing in a little bit differently, maybe New Hampshire, which we're not anymore. But um, Nevada is something that they've always concentrated on. But I don't know if anyone has realized the good of place that they are in right now. Obviously, a okay. lot more money is going to be spent there in the last couple weeks. Well, you know, it's again a mobile, uh, the unions in Las Vegas, uh, Democrat machine there rest of Nevada is fairly conservative. So you think Bulldog, the Republican in New Hampshire, is toast, huh? I do. I mean, the polls are, I, don't, I wouldn't say toast. I mean, it depends if this is going to be a 51-49 night for the Republicans or if we're going to be able to pick up 54 seats. I mean, the other races that I think that we should watch are not only New Hampshire, but also Colorado and also Washington State. And those are the three that I think are the sleeper candidates on the Republican side that we have a chance to win if we have a really good night. Okay, but what does a really good night mean? I don't know what that means. Does that mean I that think that it's a 53-54 working majority in the Senate where you're not 50 No, 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 but, but no. a really good night means more Republicans come to the polling places than Democrats. See, I think a lot of Democrats may stay home because they're getting hosed too. Um, and they may just go, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out. What I'm trying to say is Republicans seem to be more motivated to vote than Democrats this time around. Absolutely. And I don't personally believe that the Dobbs decision or the abortion decision will bring out a lot of voters. Why? Why don't you believe that? The press is 
pounding that every day. I think it's a press issue. Now, going back to Pennsylvania, that's somewhere where it could impact Oz in regards to the Philly area. But I think that there's few people that that's the only issue they vote on. And most of the people are voting on not just, you know, rights conversation, but also women's rights conversation, but also their pocketbook. And if you look at some of the polling right now, the, um, and granted, I don't believe in polls all the time these days, but 61% of the people are saying that they care about the economy and 21% are saying that they care about, you know, the women's rights issues. Yeah, I mean, it's their top issue. So Patty Murray, long time, very liberal uh, senator from Washington State, but you feel that she may lose. This is my sleeper race, and not just because Tiffany Smiley is a, a woman, as you started out the conversation, but she has been working this process for a year and a half. She didn't have an opponent, so she didn't have to spend money in the primary. The NRSC has, the National Republican Senatorial Committee has, has backed her from the beginning, and she is in the margin of error right now. And actually, Senator Murray had to go up against her and spend money in starting in June, which was kind of unheard of. So Tiffany feels that, and she felt at that time, that if Murray's putting money in against her already for negative ads, she's a, you know, she's that has a true chance to win. Yeah. Again, it's all Seattle, Kings County, rest of the state's fairly conservative. Now in Georgia, Walker, you know, is uh, making things very difficult for conservatives in Georgia with his, uh, personal life stuff. We are giving him due process, benefit of the doubt. But, you know, he looks weaker and weaker and weaker. What do you think? I agree with that. And I think this is my only, out of Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Georgia, whoever will return, whoever will win the Senate will have two out of three of those states. And I would say Georgia would be the one that I would think we potentially could lose right now. I feel that Herschel had everything thrown against him in the primary and it really didn't stick. I'm not sure, and I don't think anyone is, if this is if something 13 years ago is really going to impact him or not, or if it's going to make people believe that this is just dirty politics. But you had the evangelical community come out for him over the weekend and support him. So, I mean, if you look back at 2016 with Trump, I mean, everything that people would say, there's no way that the community, the evangelical community, the conservative community can vote for him and, and they still were able to come home to him. So I'm just, I, I think it's going to be tough, but I'm not 100% sure that he's going to lose. I still okay. think he could. But the problem is, though, we have that 50-50. He has to win by 50, 50 plus one. So we're probably going to go, no matter what, into a runoff situation in Georgia, which will mean if, if the Senate's close, we may not know who runs the Senate for another month till December. So in, on Election Day, it's not going to be if it what is the uh, bar where somebody has to win to win on Election Day in Georgia? In Georgia, it's 50% plus one. So you have to win by over 50%. And so the okay. runoff is, I think, a exactly a month later, not three months later, like it was two yeah. years so ago. They just have to go the cycle if they don't get 50% plus one. Arizona, mm-hmm. Kelly, you know, it's popular down there. Um, although the debate, uh, I understand uh, the opponent won, the Republican opponent won that debate. How do you see that race? 
I think Carrie Lake, who is the governor candidate in Arizona, could actually be very beneficial um, to Blake Masters. I think that he is someone that could, she could help him, and she is someone that's kind of come out of nowhere over the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't think anyone thought that she would be doing as well as she is. She's actually pulling even, but um, but I also think that Kelly's only up two or three points, which yeah, is a close. lot less than where he was before. And it was, again, uh, that debate might have helped uh, the Republican. Finally, uh, Mark Levin on his radio program, which leads into my radio program on WABC in New York, um, was really uh, excoriating Mitch McConnell yesterday for supporting Lisa Murkowski, the Republican senator from Alaska, because there is a more conservative candidate, Kelly Toshiba, I believe her name is, um, and McConnell is thrown in with Murkowski, who, as you know, is very, very liberal as a Republican. How do you see that race? I think Senator Murkowski definitely pulls it off. I think the new rank system voting is going to be a little bit tougher. But McConnell, Leader McConnell is not going to go against his sitting senators. I, don't, I think that he has every right to, whether he believes 100% in her votes, that he has every right to be able to support her as one of his sitting senators. All right. And I think Very he's good. the best name I be. Look, look what happened in that house break. Yeah, but you think Mikowski's going to win? You think that she'll, she'll win outright in Alaska? All right. I'm not so sure about that. I think I might depart here and say okay. Toshiba because Murkowski really is not a traditional Republican, as you know. And uh, in the abortion and in the Trump situation, and Alaska, very, very small state and very conservative state. So I'm, I'm going to go against you there. But, Ms. Davis, uh, we really appreciate your analysis. And uh, in the end, do you think the Senate will be in Republican hands? I do. And also just remember that we did lose a House seat in Alaska a few weeks ago to a Democrat. Yeah, only because there was a four-tier voting process that no one understands that hosed Sarah Palin. If it were just the Republican against the Democrat, the Republican would have won. Either way, I hope we keep the seat in Republican one way or the other. Yeah, well, I think that's a fait accompli in Alaska. Um, exactly. But I, I don't know if Murkowski is going to overcome uh, Toshiba. All right. That was a really good interview, Ms. Davis. Thank you very much for helping us out. OK, Kamala Harris went on Seth Meyers. Now, I have to say, Seth Meyers always treated me when I was in his presence or vice versa with respect. He cheap shotted me a number of times when I'm not around. His show is not doing very well. I don't expect it to be around much longer. Uh, big uh, changes taking place in late night. Anyway, it's a go-to show for the left because Myers is really left. So Vice President Harris showed up last night. Clip number one, go. Let me just start with saying this. I strongly believe, in the, and the majority of Americans I agree, uh, nobody should have to go to jail for smoking weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but while you were attorney general in California, you secured 2,000 convictions on marijuana charges. <laughs> so, so now, 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 this is what I mean. Myers should have known that. Right. Even though he's a comedian, he's not a journalist. If you're going to have people on Seth, 
know something. I'm not asking you to be me. I'm not asking you to be uh, Charles Krauthammer, okay? But know something. There's a woman who sits there pandering while she and her office convicted 2,000 people on marijuana charges. 2,000. It's just inconceivable, the dishonesty. Clip number two, go. I mean, we're talking about people who have fled great harm. They've fled great harm. And they are coming here seeking refuge. And talk about political theater. I mean, playing games with people's lives, with their lives. You know, there were mothers with sleeping babies getting off those buses. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. So she's talking about the migrants being bused uh, to New York and other places from Texas and Arizona and the border states. Now, dereliction of duty is an interesting um, phrase. And again, Seth Myers, right? So who's in charge of uh, getting the border straightened out? I think that would be Vice President Harris. That's what uh, Biden said. She's in charge. Dereliction of duty. What have you done, madam, to get that border under control? What? Give me one thing you've done. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Dereliction of duty? Maybe. Okay, so the other thing is, we're talking about people who have fled great harm. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, living in uh, Central America and Mexico, if you're poor, that is a rough place to be. But we have a process. We have a law. It's called the immigration law. It was passed by Congress, signed by Ronald Reagan. Okay? In that law, if you want asylum, you go to a port of entry and apply formally for asylum to this country. You don't come across the Rio Grande River and say, hey, I want asylum. So what the Trump administration did is if you did that, you went right back to Mexico. That was the remain in Mexico policy. And you got a little leaflet in Spanish saying, you want to apply for asylum, you go to a port of entry, and there are plenty of them on the border, and you apply the right way. But no, no. So now we have an open border. But Harris doesn't care about that. She cares about the migrants being bused to New York or Martha's Vineyard or wherever. And they have to sign a sheet that says, I want to go there. It's not like they're rounding them up and putting them on a the bus. They have to say, I'd like to go to Florida. I'd like to go to wherever it may be. The same thing they have to sign when Biden puts them on airplanes in the middle of the night and flies them secretly into counties all over the country. Harris have a problem with that? See, what drives me crazy is that if I'm sitting in Seth Meyers' chair, there's an actual interview. Okay? Because Myers doesn't know anything. All he knows is that he's liberal and his show is watched by other liberals so that he has to go along with anything on the left. That's all he knows. And he's not funny. All right, John Durham. Trial begins today with Igor Danchenko. If I were in Young Frankenstein, it would be Igor. So Igor Danchenko is charged with lying to the FBI. He said allegedly, and, you know, he's convicted and we don't have to say allegedly, 
that Donald Trump slept with Russian prostitutes in a Moscow hotel. He claimed that Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort uh, directly worked with Russians to interfere in the election. He had all kinds of other charges that wound up in the Steele dossier. I don't, I'm not going to go all through this, but that was what the press ran with for two years until Mueller said it was all BS. So you remember. So Igor Danchenko trial begins today. It's expected to last only a week. There is no way he is acquitted. He did it. They have him. He will be convicted. He could get five to eight years in a federal prison. I don't think he's going to get that, but they're going to have to send him to the prison. Igor is going to have to go. Now, the importance of this is, and who is Igor Danchenko? He's a former Brookings Institution policy analyst, okay, graduate of uh, Penn State Law School. Um, master's degree from Georgetown. So he's around. He's a political guy. During the trial, Igor might, I don't even think he's going to take the stand, by the way, because Igor is somebody's taking care of him and his bills. You know, I don't think he's going to go and say, hey, they told me to do this. They told me to that. I hope I'm wrong. Maine, University of Southern Maine, Portland, Oregon, as a teacher, um, Christy Hammer teaches education. The class is creating a positive learning environment. A student asked her, uh, how many uh, genders are there? And she said, uh, two. Masculine and feminine. Uh, 21 students walked out. 22 students walked out. One stayed in the class. Now they're demanding it should be fired because she said, there are two genders, sexes, two. That's what she said. Of course, that's a biological fact. Um, but now they want her because they feel unsafe in her class. So to the administration's credit at the University of Southern Maine, they did not remove her from the class. But they did tell these uh, snowflakes who feel unsafe, you can take another class if you want. All right, there are two federal judges appointed by Trump who have publicly said they will not accept law clerks from Yale. The quote is uh, from Judge Elizabeth Branch. There she is. I'm gravely concerned that the stifling of debate not only is antithetical to this country's founding principles, but also stunts intellectual growth. So the stifling of debate is at the college, Yale Law School. There's no debate. If you're not a radical leftist, then you can't say anything. So these two judges embarrass Yale. Good. So uh, Nebraska Senator uh, Ben Sass uh, wants to become the president of the University of Florida. But now uh, students there are, uh, I guess they feel unsafe because Sass, in 2015, uh, opposed a Supreme Court decision that established a constitutional right to same-sex marriage. Now, there are a number of reasons you could have opposed that. Uh, states' rights being one of them, but they say that uh, he's a bigot, so they don't want it. Now, it'll be interesting to see if the University of Florida caves in, because clearly they want to hire Senator Sass to be the president down there in Gainesville. We'll see. 
So uh, if you are retired or contemplating retirement, there are seven states you do not want to live in if you're retired. And here they are. Hawaii, California, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Vermont, Rhode Island. Now, Vermont's a beautiful state, small state. So is Rhode Island. Massachusetts got plenty of stuff going on. So does Connecticut. California is beautiful, but it's radical left. And Hawaii is a fabulous place. So why would those states, and they say least affordable, but groceries and gas in Rhode Island cost the same as pretty much every state. It's the taxes. Like we said last night, in California, a buck. You pay a buck every gallon in tax in California. A buck. Which is why they have by far the highest tax, uh, the highest gas prices in the country. So if you go to Hawaii, California, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Vermont, Rhode Island, you're retired on a fixed income, you're going to get taxed everywhere. Every, every time you turn around, they're going to hit you with another tax. So that's why, um, who put this out? Uh, CNBC. CNBC put it out. Smart Life. So we have a concierge uh, program at BillOReilly.com. I've told you about it. And that is where you are uh, a member and get direct access to me. So you can ask me clarity on anything you want. But what I get about 50% of the time, and these are private emails, by the way, they're not public, um, is we got a problem. And the problems center around medical things, particularly with elderly parents, grandparents, and uh, money, purchases. So I cannot give you financial advice. I can't say buy this stock or don't buy that stock or buy gold, don't buy gold. I can't do that. All right. What I can do is tell you what I do. Okay. And I do. In the medical problems thing, just as an example, a lot of problems can be solved if you know what is available in your county. So we all live in counties. And many counties have programs that you pay for through your taxes to help elderly people who have health problems. Okay? People don't know what they are. They don't know what's available. And that's a key to life in America. You have to know what you paid for, what's there. So in the concierge program, and we obviously encourage you to sign up, get a free book, you get a whole bunch of perks, you get big discounts on our stuff. If you buy Christmas gifts, it's going to be your membership is paid for. You write me, you say, this is my problem. I had one yesterday with a college uh, student, a girl whose parents were very, very uh, upset that Michigan State was doing something terrible. And I told them how to handle it. And I assume that the girl will be okay. So this is what the concierge membership is, and it's part of our Smart Life program. You know, it's an extension of it. So I hope you all check it out. We want you to have great lives, and we want you to live a smart life. This day in history, October 11, 1975, Saturday Night Live debuted. Roll it. Hi, I'm Phyllis Crawford, and welcome to Victims of Shark Bite. My first guest, Mr. Martin Gressner from Long Island, New York. 
Mr. Gressner, would you tell our audience just how you became a victim of shark bite? I'd be happy to, Phyllis. Uh, I was swimming about 50 yards offshore from my summer home in Mattituck, Long Island. It was high tide, and all of a sudden I felt this sharp, piercing pain in my left shoulder. I didn't know what it was at first. Uh, my left arm felt numb. Well, my arm was gone. Since then, I've had to learn how to do everything with my right hand. Just when did this incident take place? Oh, I'd say maybe three, four months ago. <laughs> Belushi. So anyway, uh, that was 47 years ago today that show went on. And uh, it's run by a guy named Lauren Michaels. You probably know that. He's a Canadian. I think he's an American citizen now. At the height of the show, it got about 13 million viewers on Saturday night. So the premiere of Saturday Night Live this year got 4 million, which was down uh, 600,000 from last season. Show's on the ropes. I don't think it's coming back. All right. It's done. And the reason it's done is because of Donald Trump. Roll it. Uh, in your remarks today, you said you were too new to politics earlier in your administration. Is that an admission that you are, in fact, just kind of winging it? Come on, doll. I'm learning. Let's not forget, technically, this is my first real job, okay? I remember when Obama explained president to me in the Oval Office, and I won't do the voice this time because I feel I lost a bunch of you with the Schumer impersonation, but I thought Obama was joking. Had I known then what I know now, I would have told Putin to just give the job to Hillary instead. Next question. Okay, so Baldwin was, you know, it, it crossed the line from satire into we hate this guy. Uh, it was malicious. And therefore, Trump supporters said, okay, see you. So if you run a mass market program, you have to appeal to a wide variety of Americans. And that's what did in Saturday Night Live. Anyway, my uh, favorite Saturday Night Live performers, Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, John Belushi, Gilda Radner. All brilliant. Back with some mail and a final thought in a moment. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to the mail. Uh, Kyle in Missouri. Kyle is a concierge member who wrote me a, a note, and I asked him if I could read it on the air. I said, look, I'll just lose your first name. So here's what Kyle says. Mr. O, I want to let you know that I'm trying to be a good person and help as many people as I can. Therefore, I've begun raising money and have donated my own money and will soon be purchasing 25 lifetime concierge memberships for U.S. vets and public and private school districts in my area so they can get the straight news presentation that's not slanted. I also, in getting the lifetime concierge memberships, get at least 25 free books. Here, we give you more than that, Kyle. What a great letter. You are a patriot. This is what I mean. Kyle's a patriot. All right, he's going to donate these concierge memberships to vets. 
And then he's going to get a slew of my books. And he gives them to the libraries. He gives them to the schools. So way to go, Kyle. Thank you very much uh, for all you're doing out there in Missouri. Ray Stewart, Lexington, Kentucky. Mr. O, you have stated that you would not receive another COVID booster until you see stats that show how it works in the CDC. Have you decided? I'm not getting a booster at this point. I'm getting a flu shot. No booster right now. Need more info. Steve Brown, Somerville, Tennessee. Your comments last night, Bill, regarding Biden's beliefs regarding capitalism infer that the president is cogent to discern his beliefs. I do not believe Biden has the capability to understand. Uh, I'm with you 75%, but he knows what socialism and capitalism is, I think. Tom Clayton, Marietta, Georgia. The issues in the election are too important to throw away my vote. I have to decide on the basis of the issues that the candidate is advocating. If I don't vote for either man in Georgia, I will have no right to complain. Okay, listen, all I want you guys to do is vote your conscience. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I never did that. Marla Partin, Mustang, Oklahoma. Bill, I very much appreciated your comments about the breakdown of the service industry and lack of people working. My friends and I talk about regularly is how people surviving financially without working. Where have all the people gone that used to work in restaurants, in the gig economy? Some still do work in the service industry, but they're paid off the books. There's a lot of that going on. Um, okay, let's go to uh, Vidgo. So uh, that is our streaming service partner. If you sign up, you get a free copy of Killing the Legends. You get 15 bucks off their uh, premium membership, and you get a three-month free trial of BillOReilly.com, which is fabulous. What a deal. And you get Shock and Awe, where I interview Secretary of State Pompeo. We'll show you a clip tomorrow, as I mentioned. All right. Um, Killing the Legends going great. Uh, it is now what they call uh, breaking out, getting legs. I think a few people were confused in the beginning about why I read that book. It is uh, cultural history. affects the way we live now. So uh, I hope you consider it. Word of the day, do not be turgid. T-U-R-G-I-D. Back with a final thought about what on cable television drives me nuts. All right, here is the final thought of the day. As I have mentioned to you, I don't watch a lot of network and cable news anymore because I don't learn anything. If I'm going to invest my time, I don't know if you're the same way, but I'm so busy. You know, I got books to read. I got places to go, things to do. But I will watch a news presentation if I think I'm going to learn something. But here's the, here's the gamut on cable news. And you're talking to a guy who pretty much invented it. Whenever someone is asked a question they don't want to answer, they do a what about-ism. Okay? So it's, you can go, hey, you know, Senator Bernie Sanders, he's a nut. He wants to socialize everything, and you wouldn't have a lot of freedom if he were in charge. The answer, what about Ted Cruz? <laughs> and then the guest launches into an anti-Ted Cruz answer instead of addressing the Bernie Sanders court. What about, what about, what about? It's called what about-ism. 
and every pundit has it down now. You ask a question that's uncomfortable or difficult, the guest pivots into something not even related to the conversation. Now, when I was doing the factor, that never would have happened because I'm so obnoxious and rude. Bang! We're not talking about that, madam or sir. We're talking about Bernie Sanders. Do you not want to address the question? That's what I used to say. Remember that? I'm sure you do. Never now. Never. They just sit there like Seth Meyers and just... I mean, I'm throwing stuff at the, and I don't, I, you know, the TVs are expensive. I don't almost throw in my shoe. No, don't do that. Anyway, what about ism? When you hear it, flee. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow with Mike Pompeo.